You're listening to an all-new episode of Off the Rails with Sloppy Yellow. Views and opinions expressed here reflect hardcore fan perspectives and sometimes might be factual. Be advised, this podcast may contain adult language. You are listening to the best damn podcast in all of NASCAR Nation. I'm talking about Sloppy Yellow Off the Rails. Billy Bradley, it's a throwback to what we, how we used to open up the show way back when, when we started on this thing. What, four long years ago, and it's a throwback because I'm going right to it. The Jimmy Johnson throwback that I saw with the Richard Petty and the Dale Earnhardt tribute, son, it gave me goosebumps. I hate diecast. I own exactly zero of them, but I'm going to tell you something right now. That diecast with those three seven-time champions was Absolutely phenomenal looking. I am so happy that, listen, Lowe's was on that team, or on that car for seven championships. I, and, and the fact of the matter is, Ally, uh, their name is on the hood, but it's a complete different paint scheme. It pays homage to not only Jimmy Johnson, but the other two greatest drivers in our sport. And I got to tell you something, Billy Bradley, I, it, I loved it. I loved everything about it. It didn't give me goosebumps or anything like that, but it hit me right in the feels, man. I was like, damn. Old seven time, he's not going to be around much longer. What a great tribute. I thought it was fantastic. And I'm looking forward to that thing being on the track, Billy Bradley. What's your thoughts on the paint scheme? Yeah, when I saw that car, I was like, wow. How come somebody hasn't done this before? You know, this throwback scheme has, is real big. It's, uh, it's come a long ways. And I'm shocked nobody had actually done that scheme before, but I love it. There's no other way for Jimmy Johnson to go out than – with this paint game, it's, it's phenomenal. Billy, what do you think um, old Teresa feels about seeing that black? Everybody knows that's the black Goodwrench car, and it's not a damn secret, Billy. It's what do you, you think she gave permission for that, or you think she's ready to hit the lawsuit button and send it out there? <laughs> I would say uh, I'd say her eyes got turned on it for sure when she saw it. If she didn't give approval for it, which I doubt she did, I, I would be shocked, for Christ's sakes, if she did. Uh, my guess is she's mad as a damn wet hen uh, to see that uh, they're the paying tribute to, uh, to the great uh, Dale Earnhardt. Uh, now, Rob, you've been around the garage for a long time. Um, have you seen the – have you seen the – and you've been a part of that Hendrick, uh, Hendrick team. You worked in the, um, the 48, 88 shop for a while. Have you, have you seen the paint scheme? Uh, I saw it on social media. I think it's pretty pretty neat looking. It's a, uh, I think that's a, a really cool. I think it's a cool thing, you know, to do it that way. I I, I think that's it's really neat. Whoever came up with that idea is pretty sharp, and I I think it it'll be neat to see live. Like what it looked like on social media is one thing, but it'll be neat to see. It'll be neat to walk up to it. I can't wait to see that car on the track, Rob. You took you, you took the words right out of my mouth. Seeing that car on the track is going to be something special. And um, Rob is a, a, a former um, Hendrick Motorsports guy. Uh, the other three cars are going to have Jimmy Johnson throwback uh, paint schemes. Um, who did we lose right there? The whole shop over there at Hendrick Motorsports are running uh, running a, a, a throwback paint scheme to Jimmy Johnson. And and I'm going to tell you something. It, it in the one respect, I'm a little upset that whom I believe the greatest um, stock car racer um, in definitely in my lifetime, uh, Jimmy Johnson, I, he's not getting a great farewell tour. 
and COVID has messed up a lot of things. My daughter didn't get a graduation from college. A lot of people didn't get married, have big weddings and that sort of thing. I understand it's 2020, but I'm super happy that Jimmy Johnson is is getting some tributes, well-deserved tributes, I I might add. And, I mean, the guy has done – an amazing thing. He's been a great ambassador of the sport. I used to think he was vanilla. I couldn't have been more wrong about that. I know you have a lot of respect for the man, and um, it's nice to see him get some uh, get some due. And I'm I'm very glad to see that to see that happening. Um, you were you were a member. I mean, you were over there for all seven of his championships. Is that right? No, uh, I was there for two. I think. So two, I'm sorry. Yeah, you. Yeah, that's two of the seven. I was there for two of the seven. And but you were in that and, shot uh, for those two. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. And that'd been yeah, pretty. The, the one thing, a, a little ba- a little background for that, the way that shop was run, and it was and thing they've changed the dynamic over there some, but the way that place was run is they, it was a four card team, but it was two and two basically, and you could even see minor differences between. The forty-eight eighty-eight cars and the five and twenty-four cars. Yeah, just with the way things were done, because the the theory behind it was you don't want a group mentality. You want to split them up a little bit because if then everybody, if you put everybody in the same room, then they have the same idea. That's right. But if you but if you keep them separated, then they can be working on the same thing and have different ideas, and then you can implement them across the company. Right. And the one thing that the forty-eight eighty-eight shop prided themselves in is we were one team with two cars. That's right. And yep. it was uh it was really neat it was really neat to be part of that. I'll never forget um, when I found out that that's the way that those shops were run over there. I thought it was brilliant. Uh, I know a lot of people don't understand, you know, one team, two cars, but I think to separate the teams with all those minds over there that pushed each other, it was competition there, um, you know, between the two shops, but it also was cohesive. And you know, it just makes complete and utter sense. Uh, what a what a time to be um, in NASCAR and in that in that uh, in that shop working on it. And um, I, this is all to say, uh, Jimmy Johnson is, in my opinion, the greatest stock car driver that I've ever seen. Uh, his team uh, was especially a major part of all that. Uh, I mean, he was behind the wheel, but he he wasn't the only one that um, uh, that was in victory lane. And it and it shows. And I'm glad that he's getting. Um, the due respect that uh, that he deserves. Okay, Billy Bradley. So let's talk about the the Drovel. I know you hated the Drovel. You didn't like the Drovel at all. You didn't think it was uh, um, a very good race. You thought it was gimmicky, and um, and and you you weren't super impressed by it. Uh, and in fact, I, I believe Billy, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but are, are you a fan of the Roval versus the Drovel? A hundred percent. Yeah, I like the Roval better than the Drovel, and I'm not really sure what what paid. I don't know. You know, we always see good racing at Daytona. Daytona's a good track that, you know, it's a super speedway. It's always producing good races. Charlotte, you know, we know the outcome of those races can be very boring to sit and watch. So getting the Roval in at Charlotte was a great thing, but you know, I, I don't know. There's one thing I can't, that I don't know if this is just my theory or what, but it was just so boring, and I'm not sure if it has anything to do with the guys in the booth just watching it 
pretty much the, sure they have a lot more television screens than we do, but they're calling it like with not a whole lot of excitement in their voices. So I'm not sure if that has a part to do with it, but I wasn't a fan of the Drovel. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna touch on 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 that in just a second. I want to ask Rob Wolf. Rob, we talked last week um, about how it was basically a a much bigger roval. Now, those I personally thought turns one through six were treacherous. It didn't seem to be too treacherous and that sort of thing. Yes, they practiced on the on the simulator, but I, I think by the time you know we saw the trucks, we saw Xfinity. Xfinity was a, a damn good race, um, and, and the Cup drivers were obviously the best drivers that we have out there. But what were your thoughts about the droval? Um, and I mean, was once you, you've now done it, you've been there. Did I mean? Is do you have a preference at all between the Roval and the Drovel, Rob? No, no. Uh, okay, no, because it's it's <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, it's the same work. Yeah, work, work. Um, in, in my in my opinion, and that's that's how we that's how we came up. And I don't know. I'm going to say that the guys in the six shop coin that phrase the Drovel. Yeah. Um, because it was just a bigger version of the Roval. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't, from, I mean, I don't know if the drivers liked it. The racing, I mean, we struggled a little bit. So as far as the racing goes, I mean, the nine one just driving away. He was, he yeah. was awesome all day. Yeah. Uh, who, the thing that I was really surprised about, I was very surprised at Harvick. Like, yep. they seem to be having a good day, and then everything just went south on them. Yeah. And that kind of shocked me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, if, from, from, my, from my standpoint, I mean, it's, it's the same work. It's a road course. I mean, we could have gone, gone to Watkins Glen and, and, and worked there. It's, it, it's a road course race. Yeah. And it, that, race, that race in Daytona paid the same points as it did as if we were in, if we were in Watkins Glen. Gotcha. So, do I have a preference? I can't – I'm sorry, but I can't say that I do. Yeah. I mean, I, my my guess is if you had a preference, the only reason you would pick Charlotte may be because it's closer to home. But it's a race. It's a point-playing race. You get paid to go uh, big-time racing, and that's what you did. doesn't matter the track. We're going to go out there and race. And I get that. That makes perfect right. sense. And, and, Billy, I want to touch base on what you said about the about the, 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 the coverage and the exciting and all that kind of stuff. I think. NBC having to call races from Charlotte hurts the coverage, and I'm going to tell you why. Typically, at these road courses, you got Dale Jr. and Jeff Burton and or Steve Latar. You only got one guy in a booth, and you got two other guys out there on the course, uh, you know, reporting from the bus stop uh, or 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 turn six, and and you didn't have that this time because they're all sitting there watching the same the same TV feeds that we were. And I think what makes the, the Roval, or Watkins Glen even, I think what makes Watkins Glen fun in Sonoma is Dale Jr. was out there at the bus stop reporting live from the bus stop where he's seeing stuff. I mean, the leaders might not even been there, and he's seeing stuff that, uh, that we're not seeing or he can, he can see over a course of, you know, 30 laps. That makes a lot more sense. That brings something to the table that allows us to know what's going on except for where the TV camera is. And, and I think having live reporters out there, uh, and, and maybe the, I didn't listen to the radio, Billy. I watched it on TV. Maybe the radio broadcast brought some of that out. 
But I think when you watch it on TV, I'm, it did? Okay. I caught some of it on the radio when I went out to pick up some food. So And, and there was some excitement in their voices. So yeah. that's why I think Scott it. Well, you know, radio announcers have long been – accused of making uh, a boring-ass race sound like there's action all over the place. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm going to say that with a, you know, you know, tongue-in-cheek a little bit. But the fact of the matter is, I think the broadcast would have been better had they had a year for it and actual broadcasters there. But you know what? The TV ratings were outside. Were, I mean, really, they were the highest TV ratings I have seen in a long a long time, and and the fact that is they have the show on big NBC and not NBCSN. So I, I'm, in your opinion, Billy, since they they had the the highest rated, you know, course they've had in a very long time, is it because it was a gimmick, the drovel, or was it because it was on NBC? If you had to pick one of those two, what would you pick? Uh, because it was on the big NBC. Big NBC. Um, you know, Rob watches the TV the whole time um, down in the pits. They have it on. They, they have the live feed most of the time. Rob, you usually have the live feed, right? You don't get commercials and all that stuff. Correct. Yeah, we get the raw feed. Um, so it's nonstop. Whatever's going on, it's nonstop. Not to mention the fact that actually there was people, I don't know how many, but there was people in the stands in Daytona, which I wasn't aware of until I when <laughs> when they were – they did driver intros, or they were announcing the field, not driver intros, but they were announcing the field. Yeah. And I'm like, why are we announcing the field? And I looked up, and I was like, oh, there's people here. <laughs> so yeah. so they had the uh, the big screens on, you know, like those Jumbotron things or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. yeah. So they, they come in handy for us as well. You know, you could turn around and, and watch that, and uh, not to mention you know, all the gadgets and gizmos that we have as far as SMT and sure. – and, um, you know, all that sort of stuff. So, um, but I don't hear, I don't hear the broadcast. Yeah. I mean, I can see what's being shown on TV and you can pretty much tell what's being broadcast and what, and when things are at commercial and we're just getting the raw feed. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what everybody else sees and I don't know what everybody else hears. Cause obviously I don't hear it. I've got enough going on in my two ears and inside my head during the race that I don't need to hear what, and no disrespect or offense to any of them, but I don't need to hear what they're saying as far as yeah. the race goes. I yeah. got enough going on. You got enough stuff going on. Well, I'm going to tell you this, Billy. Um, uh, Submarine Mike was there, and uh, he texted me after the race, and he said, um, I mean, he texted me a picture when he, you know, as he's walking in and all that kind of stuff. After the race, we were talking, and I asked him, how was it in person? He said it was phenomenal. He said he loved it. Um, he would definitely go back and, and watch it again. He thought the you know the, the action in person was really good. He said the only problem was it was hot as hell. I mean, obviously it's it's <laughs> Daytona. Um, it's, yeah, it was kind of warm. Yeah, it was pretty warm and muggy. Um, but I, I I I think I think it was personally for me. I was entertained every single lap. I didn't think it was boring. Um, I liked it. My biggest complaint about the damn thing is we didn't get rain. I literally made sure that I watched <laughs> that race because I wanted to see rain. And I'm just upset that I, I didn't get – I think if we saw rain back there, Billy, this conversation we're having right here is completely different. Oh, without a doubt. And to see some of these idiots talking about, well, they go to Daytona in July, what's the difference? 
You know, <laughs> yeah. people, they go to July. It's a night race. Yeah. So, it's, it's a, a night race. Difference. They're going 200 miles an hour, and, um, you know, they're not breaking the shit out of the, their feet. Or I mean, they're they're working hard, and they're on that drovel for sure. Um, it was – I just read – uh, not too long ago, that um, two drivers in the World of Outlaw series tested positive for COVID um, uh, oh. this week. So they're they're in a in a little bit of a shambles over there. Of course, Jimmy Johnson tested positive, then tested negative twice. Got Austin Dillon, who um, is still out of the car. He's hopeful he's going to get um, in the car this weekend. I have not heard if that's going to happen. But um, let's talk about Kyle Larson for a minute. I have not. He's, he's asking for reinstatement is what I heard. I, the, the article Jenna Fryer wrote was phrased in a way that um, that Kyle Larson. I, I mean, I, I'm impressed with, with what Kyle Larson did. He 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 went to uh, Minnesota, uh, Minneapolis, and I mean, he, he talked with a bunch of people that um, that uh, I mean, he did work in Minneapolis after and in, in, in toured the place where George Floyd was 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 killed and yeah um and and went to um jackie Jordan hold on, hold on. you you just said some things that i like he did go up there yeah yes why is this shit not being public well because okay i, I apologize nascar has confirmed that kyle larson has requested reinstatement and they are reviewing requests and he is currently still indefinitely suspended. But he went to Minneapolis actually before um, the riots and, and George Floyd was murdered. Um, and then he went there again after George Floyd um, was, was I'm going to say murdered, but he uh, killed. He died. Um, I don't know that he was necessarily murdered, but and that was the wrong thing to say. But um, And then he got in, um, in touch with uh, – or, or before that, I guess I should say. So he went to Minneapolis. He came. He came back home. Um, they, they said that Jenna Fryer said that um, you know he, he he left Charlotte because he was embarrassed. Um, and um, he went he, back he just, to California. Right? I'm sorry. He went to California. Yeah, he, he went to California. He left. He left Charlotte because he was embarrassed and all that. And then, but he, he goes to Minneapolis. George Floyd is killed. He he goes back up there towards the place that with the same group. Um, you know, helped serve the community. Uh, there, there's a there's a there's a big you know Max Siegel who used to be over at DEI and all that kind of stuff um, yeah. uh, helped him got him in touch with some people in Minneapolis he goes back to where George Floyd um, looked at all um, he, he so Max Siegel got him uh, with some of the the first race that that Kyle Larson won there was a kid that was in the diversity program that happened to be at that race. And Kyle Larson brought him into victory lane. And after what happened with Kyle Larson saying the N word, that kid was pretty much devastated. And, and, and the three of them had a meeting and they talked about it and, and all that kind of stuff. I, I, I reading the article, I, if I believe Jenna Fryer, Jenna Fryer is a lot of things, but I, I think she, she is truthful when she writes, and what after all this, Kyle Larson goes to Jackie Joyner Kersey and 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 listens to her and works in her um, organization there in East St. Louis for a couple of weeks. I, I, Kyle Larson didn't. I don't think Kyle Larson thought he was ever gonna, or he was just doing this because he needed to do it for himself. It really sounds like Kyle Larson's kind of got his shit together. He's learned a very tough fucking lesson, 
Um, and and if the article is true as it is written, I, I believe Kyle Larson is going to get another shot because it sounds like that young man has 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 understand understood the the depths of what he did. Um, and right. I, and I, 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 I when I read right. the article, and, Billy, I felt good for him, and I and I was happy about what had transpired. Well, see, I had not gotten him a hundred percent all in favor of second chances. You know, we talked about it. Like after you telling me this part that he's went done all that, like, hey, bring his ass back. Yeah, I. I'm you know, not, if it yeah. wasn't for if it wasn't from them doing uh, online racing, this was, would not be such a big deal. Granted, Kyle Larson fucked up. But he done it on a public platform that was announced to everybody. Like, I don't know. Like, well, I think the fact of the matter is, is that um, Kyle Larson, Kyle Larson makes the point and says, "Hey, I, I was I was in a bubble. My family took all our discretionary income and put it into my racing career, and all I did was race. I didn't really have a whole lot of." You know, I, I was—I didn't have a lot of interaction as a kid. I, I was at the racetrack. That's where you were going to find me. And I wasn't, you know, over at people's houses and all that kind of stuff. I was a racing family. We were racing all the time. I was in a bubble. I had no idea how privileged I was that my parents helped me race. I had—I had no idea. Um, and and it and and the way the article was phrased when you when you read what Kyle Larson is saying, you, you see where he understands that he took a lot of things for granted, like the fact that, you know, he was a superstar and the fact that, you know, he did get away with a lot of things because he won a lot of stuff. And, the, you know, he's, you know, everything he had. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and the fact of the matter is, you know, he saying words and throwing them around really loosely because nobody would challenge him to shut the fuck up. Um, you know, he's Kyle Larson. And we'll let that slide. We'll let this go. Well, he gets caught saying things and then he realizes, Oh shit. You know, I might have been a, a pretty yeah. decent guy, but you know, I, I can't, I can't be living my life like this. I got young kids; people look up to me. I came through the diversity program for Christ's sake, and I think it was a look. It's exactly what that young man, uh, whether he knew it or not, uh, it's what he needed. And quite frankly, yeah. all he's done is go out there and win damn near everything he's run in. And he's, he seems to be, from one article that I've read, that I believe he seems to have turned the corner. And he acknowledges the hate and the vitriol and the disrespect and the hurt that he he that he used because of who he is and his platform. And I, I feel like he's truly sorry for it and he's trying to make amends. And if that is in fact the case, I, I don't see how anybody could say he doesn't deserve a second chance. And that, and and yeah. I was I wanted to see something, Billy. He purposely kept it out of the out of the media and that kind of thing because right. he said I needed I needed I needed to learn I need I needed to shut up and listen and he did just that and I don't know how you could fault the guy from from when he said the n word to today I don't know that he, you could do it any better than what he's done again I haven't I haven't talked to him I I, I haven't looked him in the eye I, all I can tell you is that. Jenna Fryer wrote this article. She talked to Jackie Joyner-Kersey. She talked to Max Siegel. She talked to, um, um, I can't remember the guy's name in Minneapolis, but they all 100%, uh, 
and listen, they knew they were getting Kyle Larson there because he said the N-word. I, it, it wasn't like they were welcoming him with open arms and – uh, I mean, they were like, okay, let's listen. You're here to learn something. Let's and hey, if those three people say that that he's 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 sorry and remorseful, I, I have there's no reason for me not to believe that, and I don't know why anybody else wouldn't believe it. Um, right. I, I, again, that's my opinion. I've read it, and you can look at the focus. Okay, look at the focus that he's put on. He's been given a second chance to race. He went down there to race in, in you know, in his sprint car stuff. Uh, he's taken every advantage of it that you possibly could. I, I now that with some context and some backstory on what he's been doing for the last you know four months, five months. Right. I I I have a hard time saying he doesn't deserve to be in NASCAR or get a second shot. America's based on second shots, and and he's truly sorry. He's not out there saying the n word or you know, clubbing it up and uh, not wearing a white pride shirt or nothing dumb like that, for Christ's sakes. He's doing the exact things us as a society would hope that that young man would do to get himself right, and he's done it. So what the hell? Exactly. And it's good that it's been kept out of the public that, you know, yeah. that way it's not That's what I was just going to say. I mean, he's just doing that. Look what, he, look what happened to him. That's not the true side. Yeah. So all this was kept out of public. You know, now that he's trying to get reinstated, this all making its way into the thing now. So I'm okay with that. Well, we're going to talk to Jimmy Wags at some point, and and I I want I haven't talked to Jimmy Wags yet. He obviously, I mean, Billy, you know, in our text messages that uh, our group text or whatever, he he's not convinced that um, you know that Kyle Larson has done anything. Well. The fact of the matter is, none of us knew that he did it, and I'm glad that we didn't know. I, I feel good about the fact that he went out and sought counsel, and immediately he—I t- mean, immediately he took the, the course that NASCAR uh, told him he had to take. He, he took that immediately. Right. Um, moved from North Carolina, got got away, got his head clear. He's focused on his family. He's focused on becoming a better person and learning. And by all accounts. He's done that. Now, I mean, I've heard Denny Hamlin say some things in the press, over, you know, six weeks ago or so. We've heard Tony Stewart say some things, um, you know, in the press and all this kind of stuff. You know, his friends have come out and, and, and showed, you know, support and that sort of thing, which is good. I'm glad that's happened because if Tony Stewart comes out and says, that asshole will never race for me, well, that's pretty telling. If Denny Hamlin says, no, I'm done with I'm done with Kyle Larson, that's pretty telling. Um, but they've, Yeah. But now that we know he's been doing the right things, I think it would be – I personally think it would be wrong to blackball, if you will, Kyle Larson from getting a ride. Now, if he doesn't get a ride because the deal doesn't work out and that kind of stuff, hey, that's the way the, the, the ball bounces. That's the way the cookie crumbles. But I, I, I think it would be wrong to, to, to not give him a, a ride because he said the N-word showing the work that he's done to better himself and to not make that mistake. That's all we can ask of people. Um, you know, we all make mistakes. Kyle Larson just had to just happened to cost him tens of millions of dollars. And um, it is unbelievably publicly embarrassing um, and, and extremely hurtful. Uh, most of us don't, don't do things like that because we don't have a platform uh, like Kyle Larson does or, or the talent as Kyle Larson does. And yes. I mean, I just, I mean, we're a land of second chances. I think now he deserves one from my perspective, from where I sit with the information that I have. It'd be hard for me to 
to, to say that he doesn't deserve to get in a ride or or get a shot. I mean, I, I, I mean, we're not just nobody's just going to hand him anything. He's going to have to earn it. They're going to have to find sponsors that want to that want to come up, and there may be a select few that'll do it. Uh, uh, namely, Billy Bradley, uh, Haas Automotive, or Haas Avocados. Yeah. Um, <laughs> th- those guys may be willing to put um, may be willing to put some money behind them. I don't know that McDonald's would come right out and do something like that. Yeah. I, and, and, and I think it's appropriate that they don't, to be bluntly honest with you. They have an image that they have to need. They don't have to, you know, sponsor them, but, but they don't have to, you know, call him names and, and that kind of stuff. I think you'll find, I think you'll find a ride for him for sure. I think it'll be tough. He'll, he's going to have to, you know, take some more medicine when he comes back, but he's done the right things. And, um, and, and honestly, I, I, I wish you got nothing, but I wish you a guy nothing, but, but luck and good fortune um, moving forward. He's he's learned a lesson that Definitely. a lot of us don't have to go through publicly. And I mean, he's he's done he's done very very well in my opinion. From from what I know, again, I read one article, but I I read the article. Jenna Fryer is kind of a bullshit person on Twitter. You know, she likes to joke around that kind of stuff. But when it comes to writing, she takes it extremely seriously. And if it wasn't the case. Jenna Fryer is also the one who wrote the article about uh, Daryl Walker needing to get the hell out of NASCAR. Uh, it ain't like she made people happy in the industry by saying that. Am I right? Um, right. Uh, they, they tried to crucify yeah, probably her. Pretty first statement. Yeah. yeah. And so and she writes what she feels is the story. And I trust her opinion. I just, I just do. I don't, I don't even follow Jenna Fryer on Twitter, but when she writes something, I, I tend to, it's kind of like Bob Pockers, Nate Ryan, um, you know Jeff Gluck. If they write it, they're writing it because they believe that that is a story, and that's the way it's been presented to them. And and I I don't have any issues with it. Um, I don't have any issues with whatsoever. Um, well, we're headed back to Dover, or we're headed to Dover, I guess I should say, for a doubleheader weekend. Um, we talked about giving the drivers some relief and all that kind of stuff. Luckily. Uh, we're getting towards the end of summer. We're in the Northeast. It's not going to be um, super hot, but uh, you got a lot of miles on the racetrack um, this weekend there, Rob Lopes, and we know that place. Uh, uh, you got to get on a break, and it's it's a tough place to race. Um, uh, Jimmy Johnson has owned this place in the past. He's he's over here for the last couple of years, but uh, and Jimmy Johnson's been running well. But when when you go to Dover. And it's, uh, I mean, monster miles. Um, he, he can spit you out and throw you up pretty, throw you back out pretty quick. I, I guess when you talk about back-to-back weekends, uh, man, I'd be afraid that it's not hard to get to get lost off one of these turn drop blokes and bust up a car, is it? Uh, no. The the thing, the big thing about Dover is, and it's often been said that it is a it's like Bristol on steroids. It's concrete, walls inside and out. It's very tight. You kind of fall down into the corner, and then you just shoot back out of it, and the car gets light coming up off the corner onto the straightaway, and you're just blasting around there. It's physically demanding on the drivers, um, and they shortened that race from 500 to 400 miles several years ago, which wasn't a bad thing because 500 miles yeah. is grueling. Brutal. And, and it's 400 miles now, and now we're going to go to twin 312s, I think, or something like that. I think it's 312 yeah. miles this week, yep. um, back-to-back, Saturday and Sunday. And it's going to be physically demanding on those guys because that place is no joke to drive. And yep. just like you said, 
I mean, you don't – if that car gets out of shape or you get around or if you bust loose coming off the corner or something happens getting into the corner, you just don't tap the fence. You hit it a ton. Yeah. And we saw seven backup cars in Michigan. I, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if you see that many in Dover this weekend. It's going to be, it's going to be a tough race for everybody. All right, let's do that something here. No joke. Um, we're going to do something right now we've never done before. I want to take the, I'm going to set the over under of backup cars on Sunday <laughs> at five. Rob Lopes, you go first. We're going to be over or under five on Sunday. Man, I am going to take the high road and say under. Okay, so <laughs> Rob Lopes is is hoping that we are under. He's taking the under. Billy Bradley. Because I don't got? wish that on anybody. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> Billy, what you got? Well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go the same way. You know, we talked about the the drovel again. There's that word about how these guys. You know, we had it in our text conversation. Jimmy Wag said this is gonna be a shit show. I was like, yeah. man, these guys are perfect. You tell me. Dan, you tell me I'm not going to climb to the top of that mountain. I'm going to break my damn neck climbing to the top Get on just top. to prove your ass wrong. Yep. So I think these guys did the same thing when they went to the Droval, and I think they're going to do the same thing when we go to Dover. They realize what they got to do, but I'm going to go under. Yeah, well, I think both of you are wrong. We are getting close to the playoffs. Kyle Busch doesn't have a fucking victory. You got all these guys that are on the bubble. You're getting too close. I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody is going to give anybody any slack. I think the fact that it's going to be cooler is not going to do anything but make the the racing action hotter. In my opinion, I'm going to take the over. You two guys took the under. It was very good um, app analysis. I'm taking the over just because I, I'm I'm kind of hoping there's there's more than five, to be bluntly honest with you. I want to see a shit show for real and a bunch of people out oh. there and complaining about uh, – um, I mean, fact of the matter, I believe, uh, wasn't it Michael McDowell that punted uh, Kevin Harvick the hell out of the way on the Drobel? Um, I, 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 think <laughs> I think that's what happened. To, that's what started Kevin Harvick's downturn there at the Drobel because um, Michael McDowell had a hell of a run. So we'll see what – We'll see what happens there, but great racetrack, very tough racetrack. Um, it'd be interesting to see how a guy like Matt Kenseth does there because that's that, he's been pretty stellar at that place before. But Rob Lopes, who is your victor and who is your um, who is your dark horse, Bub? I'm glad you're giving me the first shot because I'm gonna go ahead and take take. I mean, man, it's real, I'll tell you what, it's hard to go against Kevin Harvick right now, especially there. He's won there several times. Um, it's hard to go against him. So I'm going to have to say the four for sure. And I'm got to, you got to go with the 18. He's due. It's got to happen. He is due. And Billy Bradley has been telling me for the last two weeks uh, that, that the 18's not getting in victory lane this year. Is that what you said, Billy? I want to make sure I don't put words in your mouth. I said the 18 is not going to victory lane. Maybe in the playoffs he might win a race. And I also hit you with some news that I think we're going to see a crew chief swap with the 18. Yeah, so Billy Bradley's been telling me that uh, the 18 is going to not win, a, get a victory before the playoffs, and they're going to have a crew chief uh, swap. I don't. I think that would be a sign of abandoned ship. I don't. I don't. I mean, Smoke won a championship 
with a uh, quote-unquote lame duck, Darian Grubb, who was anything but a lame duck. I just don't think that you change yeah. it. But Billy Bradley put his put his uh, money uh, or his mouth where his money is, and we're gonna we're gonna find out pretty soon. Billy, who you got for the for the winner and the dark horse? I got Martin Truex Jr. and That's no good. other than Jimmy Johnson. That's a good pick. Listen, Jimmy nice Johnson pick. has been racing a lot better the last three weeks. Um, nice last pick. weekend at the Drovel, he looked like the old seven time. He started to look really, really good, and, and it's exciting. I Listen, I was pissed off Dale Jr. didn't win in his last year. i not never been a Jimmy Johnson fan, but I've come to respect the guy. I, nothing would make me happier than to see – um, than to see him get into victory lane with the noted exception of seeing somebody like um, Eric Jones get in there just to screw everybody up. But um, I, for me, <laughs> it's hard to go away from a guy like um, uh, like Chase Elliott. I mean, he, he's he's not bad there. He's riding the wave. Ryan Blaney's not bad there. But you guys left Denny Hamlin out. Denny Hamlin's a short track guy. I think I I I just got to believe that. It, I mean, we, we've got the four, the 19. I, I think I have to pick the 11 for Pete's sake, um, just because those are the three best teams we got in NASCAR right now. And for my dark horse, man, this is a very, 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 very difficult. I, I, my heart tells me to take Clint Boyer, but my head tells me he's going to step on his pecker like he has all damn year. And, and so I, I'm. No, it's a good pick. Gonna, he's got to have a good finish. Well, he does have to have a good finish, but I don't think that Dover is the place to do it. Uh, I don't think Dover is the place to do it. I think I, uh, I think you went solid. Don't be surprised if you win with that pick, because I almost went with that pick. All right, I'm taking the 11 wow. and the 14. Uh, I'm taking the 11 and the 14. I, I was going to take um, – oh, shit. Uh, I was going to take Eric Amarola. Uh, he's not – fantastic there, but I think Amarola is driving for his life. Um, I, I think Eric Amarola may be driving for his life, and um, and we'll see what happens. Uh, Rob Lopes, be safe up there on your 624-mile uh, trek at Dover. Um, oh, yeah. Thank you. Um, Billy Bradley, uh, good luck this weekend at the ball field and then the smoking pit. For Rob Definitely. Lopes, for Billy Bradley, <laughs> this is Dado saying have a good weekend, y'all. Have fun, guys. Right on. Thanks, man. See you guys. With all this craziness going on in the world right now, we appreciate you spending a little time with us. Before you leave, take a minute and check out this new song by Guy L. Boom and Alex Hobbs. Here's End of the World. Yeah. I'm turning off my TV. Shit's getting rough. All the service negativity. I think I had enough. I got my own demons. That I'm still dealing with And if you still wanna be here I gotta make one thing clear Don't just say you love me Show me Just say that you're with me Then prove me I'm really trying to find my fears But it's getting scary out here I don't wanna be alone Tonight Baby, hold me tight Tonight Oh Come on, baby Make love to me Like it's the end of the world Like it's the end of the world. 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 Like it's the end of the world.
Like it's the end of the world